grace and peace to you this morning. As we gather for worship today, I invite you to take two or three deep breaths, a chance to center yourself in this place and in this space. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Good morning. Please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. We have gathered in God's holy presence. We glorify our God, who yearns for justice, not just for a favored few, but for all. We give thanks for God's persistent grace.
You may be seated. Welcome to worship here at Westminster. We're glad to see each and every one of you, whether you're a longtime member or an occasional visitor or someone who's brand new. It's great to have you here, and we hope you feel welcome. We invite you to uh, spend some time with us afterwards, having refreshments in the garden or in Finley Hall, or join us for uh, a class or discussion. If you'd like to know more about this congregation, please grab one of us at any point today or find someone wearing a name tag. They should know uh, at least a little bit about the church. Let's begin together with prayer. Your community prayer is printed in the bulletin. Let us pray. Holy God, as you breathe wisdom and love into our hearts, teach us the ways of your grace and hope. Equip us to share your good news with all. Make us persistent in bringing justice to the lost and to the least. In those times when the journey becomes difficult and we feel like giving up, help us to know your strength. Give us your vision that we may see a world where all your children care for one another. May we bring that world into being. Amen. Our prayers continue in silence. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Christ there is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Know that we are free and be at peace. Amen. This is the Sunday of the month where we bless those who have had a birthday or have a birthday this month. Or if you missed your birthday month, you're invited to come forward and stand on the steps to receive a blessing. We didn't have anybody at 8.30, so I'm glad. Stand up, buddy. All right. Yeah. Or in front of the steps. Either one is fine. Come on, stand on here. Okay. So a poem for you, for you on your birthday month. Actually, it'll be two poems. I'll explain that in a second. This is called Praise Song by Lucille Clifton. To my Aunt Blanche, who rolled from grass to driveway into the street one Sunday morning, I was ten. I had never seen a human woman hurl her basketball of a body into the traffic of the world. Praise to the drivers who stopped in time. Praise to the faith with which she rose after some moments, then slowly walked sighing back to her family. Praise to the arms which understood little or nothing of what it meant, but welcomed her in without judgment, accepting it all like children might, like God. This year may not be what you expect. You may be hurling yourself into the traffic of life, and may you be received when you get back up with open arms. 
Now, a second poem, because I've been thinking, I always pick these poems with adults in mind, but most of the time, some people who are not yet adults come forward too. So I've got um, a little poem for you today too. Not that the other one wasn't also, but sometimes it's nice to have a little something special. It's called Being Young. Being young is a thing to be proud of. Being young's not just a thing to grow out of. It's not the time when you just wait to be older, but a time when the you inside becomes bolder and bolder. Being young is not a line that you wait in. Don't get out of early what's worth staying late in. It's rolling down hills. It's running with abandon. It's racing and jumping, dancing, or just standing, looking in creeks, feeling mud through your toes. It's going in the ocean after church in your church clothes. So don't rush to get some time you're not. This time has something for you, and time's what you've got. Happy birthday. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. You may be seated unless you're going to stay for the children's time up here with me. And any other young folk who want to come forward, please come on down. All right. Great to see all of you. Yeah, you can sit there, but you got to pay. Okay. Well, I have so much going through my mind today, so much... Wait, wait, you got to scoot for a second, because it's like wearing a dress. I'm not used to it. Okay, there we go. At home, I don't wear this, believe it or not, and so... Well, I have so much going through my mind today. Um, I know that in Sacred Stories, you're going to do a story about the Ten Commandments, these kind of building blocks for life. Uh, then at the third and fourth graders, I think, are doing a story about the building of the temple because the people needed a special place to worship God. Well, we're getting uh, ready to do our, a little bit of our own building right here, as you may know. The, not this room, but the other rooms over there are going to get torn up in a few weeks, and we're going to build something uh, safer and nicer and bigger uh, that we really need so that we can continue to uh, learn how to love each other and how to love God. And I've been thinking about some other things as we've been getting ready because we've been doing a lot of packing. Well, let me correct that. Other people have been doing packing and I've been avoiding doing packing. <laughs> and it got me thinking about times when I uh, moved when I was younger. I wonder, has anybody here ever moved houses? Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've done that too. And I, When you were a baby, yeah, yeah. When I, you probably didn't do a lot of the lifting then. Um, but I remember... Um, uh, moving, and I got to tell you, it brings up all kinds of feelings. And I, I wonder if when you moved, if you were excited, or if you moved, you were a little unsure. I wonder if maybe you were a little nervous. 
about what your new home was going to be like or your new neighborhood. I wonder even if you were a little sad. You know, I moved when I was, I guess, maybe five or six at one point. And the first night, I still remember the first night in my house. And I stayed up at night crying, I want to go home. I want to go home. And my parents had to say, well, this is your home now. Oh, it was so, it was so hard. Now, if you have any of those feelings about moving or about anything, going to a new school or uh, any kind of change in your life, what do you think I would say to you? I would say to you, it's okay. There was a time when we used to say to kids when they had big feelings, oh, cheer up. Oh, you'll be fine. Oh, don't worry. God loves you and God's with you, which I believe. But actually, I think the best thing we can say to each other when we have big feelings is, it's okay. They're your feelings, and you get to have them. I don't know if this happens to you, but when I pray, God is really, really quiet. And I realize, I think God stays really quiet when we pray because God wants to hear everything about how we feel. And no feeling needs to be turned off or shut down or put away. In every moment, God is saying to us in God's quiet, it's okay to feel that way. So I hope you remember that today and this week. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for being quiet. Thank you for understanding our big feelings. Help us to be understanding with one another as other people have feelings too. Amen. Now, before we sing, I'm going to go teach high school today, and I wonder if someone can show me where we go. In fact, I think we have some folks who might be here for the first time. Oh, so great. if you're in second grade or younger, I see Ben back there. His, you have two teachers. Hold on, hold on. You have two teachers waiting for you in the preschool building, and Ben's going to show you how to get there. If you're in third through fifth grade, I see Peter back there. He is going to show you to your class. And if it's not your first time here, uh, help those who might be new to figure out where they're going to go. And Rob will go with you too. Go now in peace. As Rob just mentioned, we are getting ready for a big renovation, and we have Ron with us, who is the chair of our renovation committee, to give us an update. Some people say a man is made out of mud. I did that. Anybody have any ideas about why I did that? Well, in a few days, in a few weeks, whenever, um, we're going to start tearing stuff down out there, uh, right through those doors from that. Door. And there's going to be about 16 tons worth of all kinds of stuff, you know, partitions and walls and all kinds of stuff. We're looking for volunteers who want to kind of tear. No, never mind. Uh, the final construction cost numbers will be coming in uh, 
tomorrow, actually, and then also uh, a week later. Um, and the current forecast, uh, if all of the pledges that have been made for the construction come in as expected, or come in even more than uh, what was expected, we will actually be able to complete this construction project without having to change the scope at all. We had worried a lot, had prayed a lot, about if the cost was going to exceed way over our expectations that, that we would have to actually cut back on the scope. Uh, it looks at this point like we will not have to cut back on the scope and we've gone to proceed. Um, we persisted, and you'll hear more about why I said that in a few minutes. But <clears throat> um, So construction will start in November, uh, but we are still waiting for the permit. The permit um, should be, building permit should be coming out within the next two to four weeks. Uh, we're hoping it's two weeks, uh, but the county sometimes has its own schedule. Um, <clears throat> regarding pledges, um, we hope that on your construction um, capital campaign pledges that you will keep up to date with that. Uh, if it's at all possible for you to um, make your pledge, pay your pledge early, that would be very helpful to us because then we wouldn't have to draw down as much of the uh, loan funds and therefore we could save some of the uh, uh, debt service cost. Um, during construction, uh, whenever that starts, uh, there are going to be some changes that we all will have to uh, uh, deal with. Um, church services are still going to be conducted here as usual, 8.30 and at 10. Uh, and after the 10 o'clock service, there'll still be refreshments as usual, but it'll either be outside or uh, w weather permitting or could be inside if the weather does not cooperate. Um, access to the sanctuary will be through those doors there, not through there. That'll all be closed off. Um, bathrooms, none of the bathrooms in this facility will be available to us. So we're having some really attractive, they are, uh, mobile bathrooms brought in. They'll be right around the corner here. Um, they're not those nasty little tall... No, not those. No, they really are quite nice. They flush toilets and all that stuff. Um, all of the uh, various groups and the commission meetings and the session and so on, all those meetings will be occurring in different places. Uh, and you will find that information on the bulletin board over there. Um, and also the commission leaders will advise you as to where you'll be meeting. Um, parking is also, as you, you've heard, and we've talked about this a lot in the past, uh, is going to be somewhat limited, so we would encourage you to uh, either come to the early service instead of come to the second service where there's usually less parking issues. Um, park elsewhere at the school over there or uh, on the street if you can find one. Uh, or find other ways to get here, but uh, just to be aware of the fact that there may be some limitations in parking. Um, we had a purge party here last week, week four. Purge party, there was all kinds of stuff that, you know, we have to pack up and move. There's also a lot of stuff that we thought probably didn't have to go anywhere except into the dumpster. Well, uh, staff and volunteers worked, uh, we had a humongous six cubic uh, yard um, dumpster brought in and lots of stuff was put out in that dumpster, and last time I saw it, before they picked it up, it was overflowing. So that purge party really was very, very, very helpful. And if you can walk around, you'll see how things look a little bit cleaner, right? <laughs> yes. Um, we are actually having the moving done on October 31st and November 1st. Be a moving company that's going to come in here and move all of the furniture and all of the boxes uh, that have been put together, uh, packed by the purge, purging teams. 
the staff offices uh, are moving to the Redwood uh, Presbyterian Church in Larkspur, and they will actually will start their operations there on Monday, November 4th. Um, so as you want, as you need information going forward, you'll find information on that bulletin board over there, you'll find information on the website, and of course uh, be willing to ask me or Beth or Bethany or Rob or any of the members of the um, renovation committee if you have any questions. I also would like to just ask if you would uh, keep in prayers and also thank the members of the renovation committee that have been working so hard on this. Uh, a list of who they are and who, what other consultants who have been working with us uh, have been working so hard is on the bulletin board over there too. So hopefully you'll take a look at that and be sure to thank those folks. Uh, lastly, there's uh, on the two weeks from today, after the 10 o'clock service, we're having a groundbreaking blessing service. Uh, we won't actually be breaking any ground, but we're going to kind of bless uh, what is going away and blessing the new. Uh, so we hope you join us for that after the 10 o'clock service uh, on the 3rd. So let's go. Let's grow. Thank God. <laughs> Amen. Exciting times. Now, as we move into a time of prayer together, I invite you, if you have joys or concerns that you'd like to share with us, to simply raise your hand and let us know. Yeah, Elizabeth. Absolutely. Thank you. So Elizabeth um, offers prayer for her sister, Barbara, who had a stroke yesterday, is currently in the ICU. And Elizabeth, I really appreciate what you said. You said, I don't know how to pray for her, but God knows. So certainly we'll keep her in our prayer and also you as you heal as well. Yes. Others? Yeah, Bruce. Okay, so, so Bruce was uh, traveling in Greece when he had a very uh, bad case of vertigo, um, and now that he's home, he's going to have an MRI tomorrow to see what's going on. So prayers for you. Yeah. Cherry.
So first prayers of joy that your mom is healing and doing well, living on her own now. And then prayers for her partner of 18 years who has gone into hospice care. Peter. Yes, uh, this is sort of the reverse. Uh, I've been in conversation with doctors and guys over the last 11 months. And she said, after my clogged the airway with prayer. <laughs> so I, I don't need as many as I used to. I think you all may have heard that, but just in case, Peter has had lots of conversations with God over the last 11 months, he says, as you've been healing from, from cancer. Um, and apparently we're clogging the airwaves because of all of our prayers for a community. So Peter doing well now is encouraging us to redirect our prayers elsewhere. I'll let you decide <laughs> if you want to do that or not, but we sure are so grateful that you're here and doing well. Absolutely. Others? Yeah, Nancy. Yeah, prayers for friend Carol starting treatments for pancreatic cancer. Ruthie? Uh, prayers for my mom who fell on Thursday and broke her leg. Yeah. Yeah, so Ruthie's mom had a fell bro- fall, broke her leg. Can't get it even taken care of till Tuesday, so also gratitude for family who is caring for her. Yeah. Jackson? All right, so you, so uh, you, Elizabeth celebrating a birthday, and then both of you selling, celebrating a wedding anniversary. Wow, I'm going to come give you your birthday blessing in just a minute. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So first prayers for mom, having some tests. She's been having some breathing issues. Um, And then she's lifting up prayers for our young people. Just read a study about the rise of suicide rates among young people and certainly is not an easy time to be growing up right now. So prayers, prayers for our young people. Absolutely. Thank you, Jim. And prayers of joy, several of our members yesterday in San Francisco working with Habitat for Humanity to clean up a community garden there. Yeah, Joe. And you both are going, right? Yeah, so uh, prayers for Joe and her husband, Steve. Steve is beginning a trial for uh, cancer treatments, and they both will be traveling to Utah for that trial. 
Let's take a few moments in quiet to hold all of these prayers, and then I'll lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So let us be in prayer together. Gracious God, you do hear the prayers of your people, and they are offered in the name of the one who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father.
first scripture reading this morning is from Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Listen for how the Spirit is speaking to you today. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused. But later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to God's chosen ones who cry to God day and night? Will God delay long in helping them? I tell you, God will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning is from the second letter to Timothy. Traditionally, it's been said that Paul wrote this letter, but scholars are a little uncertain about that, so... Someone wrote these words to Timothy. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not, will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist. Carry out your ministry fully. This too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So some of you may remember back in 2017 when uh, there were confirmation hearings in the Senate for Jeff Sessions who had been appointed to be Attorney General. And when it came to be her turn, Elizabeth Warren stood up and started reading a letter. This was a letter written in 1986 by Coretta Scott King, and it was critical of Mr. Sessions. So as Elizabeth Warren started to read this letter, the presiding chair of the Senate, Steve Daines, stopped her. 
And he cited a rule that said that no senator should demean another senator. Yet Warren kept reading, and then uh, Republican Party Chair Mitch McConnell stepped in and said, no, you have to stop, you're breaking this rule. Finally, they put it to a vote, and the vote fell on party lines, and Elizabeth Warren had to stop. She could not read the letter anymore. Now, apparently, the Senate chamber wasn't very full that day. It may have really been a non-event. But a little later on, Mitch McConnell was asked to sort of explain what had gone on in the Senate, and this is what he said. He said, she was warned, she was given an explanation, nevertheless, she persisted. Now that got a lot of attention. Now all of a sudden, you could like buy t-shirts and mugs and bumper stickers that said, nevertheless, she persisted. And what I actually appreciated about this time was that all of a sudden, all of these women from throughout history started getting lifted up for the persistent work of justice that they had done in their lives. So for example, we had Rosa Parks. This got very popular on Twitter. Rosa Parks, nevertheless, she persisted. There was Emmeline Pankhurst. She was a big deal in the British women's suffrage movement. Nevertheless, she persisted. There's Harriet Tubman getting lifted up. Uh, This one is known just simply as Malala. She was the youngest Nobel Peace Prize winner ever from Pakistan. She persisted. Gabby Giffords, nevertheless, she persisted. And then I had to, of course, include Princess Leia. (laughs) Nevertheless, she persisted. But I really, at this time, again, it was about two and a half years ago, I so enjoyed seeing all of these strong women throughout history lifted up for their persistence, for their pursuit of justice. And so as I was preparing for this week, I kept looking for a meme about this widow from Luke's story, and I couldn't find one, so I made one myself. Nevertheless, she persisted. Because that's truly what is going on in this story from Luke's gospel. There's a widow who is asking for justice from her opponent. She's going to this judge. Time and time again, she's asking him for justice. And time and time again, he keeps refusing. So she keeps going back. She keeps persisting until finally, this is what the story says, the judge says, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. Nevertheless, she persisted. Now, those of you who were here last week may remember that Rob's sermon was all about both the importance of planting a garden, of finding the beauty in whatever your situation might be, and also continuing the work of justice. That's what he talked about last week. So really, it's no surprise that the scripture passages that follow for this week continue that theme. And what I was noticing as I was reading both of these is both passages really focus on how hard justice is. The search for justice, the activism that is required, you know, there are roadblocks. When you are searching and and advocating for justice, there are people that are going to rise up and disagree with you. Often, the road is very long. And nevertheless, we are called to persist. You know, the writer of this letter to Timothy, be persistent whether the time 
is favorable or unfavorable. The road to justice is not easy, and we persist. Now, all of these women certainly you know, have been very important throughout history. They certainly help me want to go out there and make a difference. But I'm also inspired by more local movements, local groups, local people who have persisted in the cause of justice. One of them, you might have read in your bulletin, is the Marin Organizing Committee. Next week, they're having a big 10-year anniversary celebration where they're going to highlight all of the justice work they have done here in Marin over the last 10 years. Now, it has not been easy. You know, they have advocated for issues such as a permanent homeless shelter, um, affordable housing, renter rights protections. And often what they do is they come before the elected officials. This picture is of the Reverend Tom Gable. He's the pastor over at Marin Lutheran, um, speaking in front of the Board of Supervisors. And I don't know if you can see, but in the background, there are all kinds of people standing up as he talks in support of him. Sometimes the Board of Supervisors agrees with MOC. Sometimes they don't, and yet MOC continues to persist working for justice here in our own community. And next week, they're going to celebrate. They're going to celebrate all that they've been able to do. I also think about the Marin chapter of Moms Demand Action. This is a group that works uh, around preventing gun violence. And mostly what they do is they advocate for legislation. You know, things like background checks or mandatory waiting periods before one purchases a gun. And sometimes the legislation they support gets passed. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, they celebrated when Gavin Newsom signed a couple of very important bills into law for California. Sometimes the legislation they support doesn't get passed. Sometimes it doesn't even make it to a vote. In fact, at their meeting in October, they had a state assemblyman, Mark Levine, here. It's kind of hard to see. He's in the front with a blue jacket over in our Finley Hall. And he was telling them about a bill he had supported and they had supported that has gotten stuck in the Appropriations Committee, I think. And Levine was very honest that he did not think this particular bill was ever going to make it for a vote. And yet... They persist. They continue to write their elected officials, to phone bank, to educate about the issues of gun violence. And then one more story. This is the Reverend Alex McNeil. He was ordained. This is him at his ordination service. He was ordained about two weeks ago into the Christian ministry. And the reason why his ordination was extra significant is that he's the first openly transgender man to be ordained in the Presbyterian Church. And I know several people who were at his ordination, and they said that the Reverend Janie Spar was mentioned quite a bit during his ordination. That's Janie there on the left. She's a good friend of Westminster, a tireless advocate for LGBTQ rights in the church, that is the Reverend Scott Clark standing right next to her. He just finished up time as chaplain at San Francisco Theological Seminary. And uh, Scott was reflecting on the ordination service, and he said this. He said, as we celebrated the ordination of Reverend Alex, many of us noted all the ways that Janie has opened the way for days like this. Through her tenacious that's Scott's word. I might use persistent insistence that God's love is for all people. 
through the love and encouragement that Janie has offered so many of us through her prophetic and pastoral witness to a church that was slow to be as loving as she and through all the ways that she gathers and embodies a community of love. Now, I don't know how many times Janie Spar has been brought up on charges from the church for the work that she has done for LGBT inclusion, but every time, charge after charge, she continued to persist to advocate for justice for LGBTQ people. And then there are days like this when she gets to celebrate. So when we persist for justice, the work is hard, the work is long, and yet the work can also bring such joy. And I'm also aware that the work of justice requires some discernment. You know, how do we know when and how to persist? You know, I think if you would ask Elizabeth Warren about that day when she was trying to read that letter, she would say that she was persisting for justice. You know, what Coretta Scott King was writing about was that how when Mr. Sessions was a federal judge, she felt that he had suppressed some of the African-American voters. Elizabeth Warren would probably tell you that she was simply trying to give a voice to those who had been made voiceless. Now, others who were in the Senate that day would say, no, she was blatantly breaking a rule, and she needs to have more respect for the rules and regulations of how the Senate operates. Discernment, you know, who's right? It's hard to know when to really use our persistence in ways that God is calling us to use it. I think of my four-year-old nephew. His name's Austin. He is perhaps the most persistent person I've ever met. His cause right now is how much he can mess up his room at nap time. It's the current cause that he's persisting on. Um, right now, that would be his bed in the corner with pretty much everything from his room dumped onto his bed. And so my sister realized, oh, maybe we need to like take some stuff out of his room so he doesn't cause quite a mess. So then what he did is he took all of his bedding... I don't know if you can see there in the upper left-hand corner, his bed is completely blank, and all of his bedding is now on the floor. So she finally got to a point where she convinced him to not, like, dump stuff out. So then what he did is he actually took apart the shelving unit in his room. I don't know if you can see. Uh, my pointer's not working. Oh, there it is. You get, like, planks of wood right here. Persistence. Holy moly. Thankfully... My sister is very good-natured about all of this, and what she keeps saying, what she keeps saying is, she just hopes that one day Austin will use his persistence for good. <laughs> I gotta say, that little boy, he's going to be a fighter for justice one day. But it is, it's, it, it's hard to discern, you know, when is it the right time to persist? When might it be right to hold back? What are the causes that God is really calling me to champion? Now, if we listen to our two scripture passages today, what they would say is that it's all about grounding ourselves in scripture and in prayer. You know, the writer to Timothy reminds Timothy that from childhood, he says, you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you. Your scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching and for training in righteousness 
Now, some people, says the writer, will not put up with sound doctrine. They'll find teachers to suit their own desires. But we are to continue in what we have learned from Scripture, to persistently proclaim the message. And then you have the passage from Luke, where before Jesus even shares his parable, Luke says that it's a parable about the need to pray always, to not lose heart. Now, we are to be as persistent in prayer as the widow is in seeking justice from the judge. Now, so when we plant our gardens, to use Rob's language from last week, you know, when we nurture our souls, when we, when we are strengthen our relationship with God through prayer, through study of Scripture, then we can begin to discern where God might be calling us to persist in the cause of justice. Now, I know that phrase, the nevertheless she persisted, really has been used to lift up women throughout history, but I couldn't help making one for Jesus. Nevertheless, he persisted. Because truly, what better example do we have of someone who truly did ground himself in prayer and in scripture? How many times does Jesus go away by himself to nurture his relationship with God? And then to come back to the crowds ready to persist and to advocate for justice. This picture right here is of Jesus healing on the Sabbath. Something he wasn't supposed to do. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And yet he persisted. You know, I think about all the times that Jesus challenged the power structures of the day. The structures that kept the poor and the oppressed downtrodden. He knew he was going to ruffle their feathers and yet he persisted. I think about all the times that Jesus tirelessly spread the message of God's love for all people, even when that message angered some and started leading toward his death, he persisted. You know, Jesus never told his disciples that following him was going to be easy. In fact, Jesus was very specific with his disciples that it was going to be hard and challenging and that people would get upset with them. And still he called them to do the work, to be persistent. May we do the same. Amen.
You may be seated. Just a couple of announcements to highlight for you. I know Jeff has one, but as Jeff makes his way to the front, a reminder that um, Laura Schwartz will be with us again today after worship. She's offering a series of uh, family workshops for any of you with children in your life. Um, I think she's actually going to speak a little bit on how we help our kids persist for the good. So I invite, I invite you to that. Tonight at 5.30, we have a new member dinner. If you're interested in uh, becoming a member of Westminster and want to know more, please join us for our dinner. If you haven't let Rob or me know that you're coming, please do so we have enough food for everyone. And finally, this coming Wednesday at 1 o'clock p.m., uh, we have some representatives from the community Oasis of Peace. This is a community where Israelis and Palestinians have been living together in peace, and some members of that community are going to be with us just describing a little bit more about what's going on there again that's wednesday at one and then jeff fascinating um i didn't say i was going to talk about this but i want to continue my role as complainer in chief if you could help me we only have our high school sunday school class 20 weeks out of the year out of 52 and when i see them having to teach other classes during those 20 weeks <laughs> i think where are you helping them so they don't taking care of some of these classes so our high schoolers don't have to do all the work. So I hope you don't see that as just complaining. That's advocacy for our youth. It's recruitment is recruitment what it is. Recruitment for our youth, yeah. But, so, yeah, so help us out with that. But really, uh, next Sunday, we are we continue to offer workshops and classes for parents that we think are timely and helpful to them. Out on the table out there in the narthex, you'll see these little flyers for our Prodigal Parent Series number nine, which is... Uh, on a substance abuse workshop. We've barely scratched the surface in promoting it, meaning we could do better. Uh, but even in that amount of time, we've had people from outside Westminster uh, ask us more information about it, telling us that their teenagers are struggling with uh, drug abuse, with drinking in the home. I don't know, over the, we legalized recreational marijuana a few years ago, and the conversations that teenagers have about that particular drug has changed a lot and we've worked very hard to find people that were really trusted to come and talk about that issue because we either found people who uh, were just kind of telling us we're going to come and tell the parents this groovy man just do it with them and we didn't think that was really what we wanted uh, and then we found people that said if you touch it they're going to end up in a gutter and we didn't think that was what you needed either so we found some people that are coming out from Boston. They teach at schools all around the world, uh, and this is their specialty, is giving you the science behind drugs and alcohol, how they affect the human brain, particularly as it develops in adolescence, and then some very specific tools for you as parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, neighbors, things that you can specifically do to help our teenagers have a more healthy relationship with these things. So I would greatly encourage you not just to be there for yourself, but to help us uh, care for the community in general, because it's something our teenagers in this area do struggle with. So again, those flyers are out there, and you'll see information on our Facebook page and on the church website, but we would love to see you there and your friends there as well. So. I would add that's going to be at 1145 next week because we first invite you to come eat pancakes cooked by our high school youth and then attend that child care available for both Laura today and that presentation next week. And now as you are comfortable, please stand and join us in singing 722. <laughs> Thank you. 
now may you go from this place knowing that the love of God, our creator, Jesus Christ, our redeemer, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, goes with you now and always. Amen.